This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Last week we talked about the difference in a man and a woman and their thinking, their perspective, even in their sight that men can see afar off, women see beside them. And that's the reason when we're driving down the road, she is the co-pilot who at times you won't just let me pull over and you can drive this thing because she sees things on the side. There's a car coming. <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> anyway, uh, she, when you put your, uh, your partner, your spouse together, you see long, she sees around you, and the Bible says that she sees the enemy. She sees things that we don't see, men. And, and therefore, we need her input, her wisdom. And many times, we don't want to hear it, and we're wrong because we're cutting off the very gift of God that God has placed in our lives for our own protection and for our own welfare. So, we're going to continue along that vein and talk about communication some more. And if you didn't hear last week, please go online and listen to it. But the key to a blessed marriage and family is good communication. And we, we talked about the areas that marriages are attacked, and every one of them can be taken care of through good communication. It's important that we, we speak, and the benefits of healthy communication is really uh, endless, but intimacy is something that you want in your family. And that comes through good communication, through speaking and talking and sharing your heart. And it's something that's not doesn't come natural for us men, but something that we do need because once you start walking that way, you find out that it is a, a strength to you and a peace to you. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more. Satan attacks families through stopping the communication lines. You remember we said that the, the, the wife is a, a, a rib, one of the, the parts, was she was a military ally. And if you can stop the communication lines, you break ranks and you can destroy your family. That's what the enemy does. He wants to come in. He wants to stop communication. He wants to stop that uh, sharing of the heart. And then he can bring confusion, chaos. He, he can destroy the family. So in the marriage, we need open and honest communication. And like I said, this doesn't come naturally for men. Women uh, speak several thousand words more than men. And uh, a man goes to work, he, he comes home, he spent most of his words. Her word level is still way up there, and she's still just a going. And, uh, and we have to learn that we, we need to listen and we need to communicate and share our heart. And like I said, it's not easy for us, but I know that once I, I studied this, I started taking steps to communicate better and to listen and even to share some things in my heart. It, it caused our marriage to go to a different place. And, and that's what God wants for us. And, and now I enjoy, a lot of times she'll say, can you stop talking? Because now I'm, I'm sharing and we're, and we're talking. And it's important that we have that. It's not only important for the spouses, it's important for the children. Because the children, when they see good communication, they see this, this bond, this relationship 
from mom and dad, it influences them and helps them to move forward from that. It's a model for them, an example for them that they can learn from and they can incorporate into their own lives. So children need that communication. Children need parents to talk to them and speak positive words. They need to answer their questions. This is what uh, they tell us, that uh, children need to be affirmed, trained, and informed on a daily basis. And if you're not doing that, they're not getting what they need. This is what they need on a daily basis. So that means that we have to also cut out some things probably that we like to do, maybe some sports, maybe some TV, whatever, and connect for our children and speak to them, inform them, train them, give them information because they have questions. And if they don't come to you, they're going to come to someone else. And who is better qualified to speak to them than you? So you want them coming to you. And when the, the communication lines are stopped, it's passed down to the children. They don't feel like they can, they can share and the next thing you know, they're running to their friends. The wife is going to her friends. Husband's going to his. And the whole thing just stops. And it's just like a, a barren land. But God wants those communication lines open that we can have strong families. And we talk about we want a great awakening in America. It starts with the family. It starts in marriages. It starts in the home. But words are powerful. When, when the kids see this or have this healthy communication, this bond, this is what happens. Then, and only then, can you communicate values, direction, and discipline in a healthy way. They say until you have that bond with them through communication, you cannot even pass on your values, direction, and correction. Because it, it comes off as unloving. So you've got to have that bond with them before you can actually give them the direction and, and talk to them about God and bring, pass on those values. And what about correction? See, if there's not a relationship, not a bond, a, that open communication, discipline doesn't come across with love. It comes across as harsh and mean and drives people away and it'll drive your kids away. Anyway, words are powerful. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 36, it's Jesus speaking. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. That's sobering. <laughs> for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So words carry a lot of weight. It's recorded in heaven here, and be judged. Of course, the thing to do is repent, ask forgiveness, and repent from that. It's... It's washed away, erased. But, you know, we take our words too casually and we think there's no consequences. But all through the Word of God, there's consequences for our words. And our words are the words that, that bless. But so many times our words are bitter waters. You know, it's not come to the river of God. It's come to my bitter waters. And we're passing and communicating things that doesn't help, doesn't bless, doesn't build up. Healthy communications begin when we understand the power of the words we speak. Our words carry so much power. They've done experiments where they've taken uh, flowers 
and they'll have a, a set of flowers here and another set over here, and one set they will bless. You're beautiful flowers. You're thriving. You're growing. And they'll take this set over here and curse them and say, you're ugly plants. And just, you're, you're dying, you're decaying, and it's just, you're shriveling up. And they go back after a set amount of time, and they look, and you'll see the difference. The flowers that were blessed are flourishing. They're beautiful. And the ones that were cursed are withering and decaying and look dead. Well, think, if it works for that, what about us who can speak? What the flowers could speak? I'm a beautiful flower. It's God, you made me this way. And they've done the same thing with water. They've taken water and they've cursed water and they bless water. And they found that the water that was blessed, beautiful crystals formed in it. And it was just beautiful. And then the other water was just dead, stagnant. It was murky water. And all they did was speak to it. God has given us the advantage to know that words carry weight, carry power, and we can speak to ourselves. Speak to yourself. Psalms, hymns, spiritual psalms. Speak to yourself what God says about you. God has good news about you. You're uniquely, specially creation of Him. You are His special possession. You're the apple of His eye. He's in love with you. And you start speaking that, those type things to yourself, it starts changing. Things change. That bitter waters become pure, clean, and healthy. And you start speaking things different, even about those around you. So we need to know that there's power in the words we speak. Proverbs 18, verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We've all experienced the pain of words that have been spoken to us that hurt. Everybody raise your, everybody raise your hand in there. We all agree. <laughs> Thank you. We've all experienced pain from words spoken. And the truth is, we've all spoken words that, that have caused pain. Because none of us are, are perfect. But it says that we'll eat the fruit thereof. It, it produces something, these words that we speak. Some of the deepest wounds we can experience come from careless, incest, insensitive words of those people close to us. Many people live in families that use words on a daily basis that hurt and destroy and cause damage. Words can kill or bring life. We're the brain words that edify, words that encourage, words that heal, words that bless. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have a time where there's correction or whatever, but even that, when you bring correction to your child, it should be that before you bring that correction, you bring affirmation. Uh, you tell them how much you love them, that you're for them, and say, this isn't you, this isn't you're better than this. And you start speaking that uh, of your love for them, and then you bring the correction. Then after you bring the correction, you come back with affirmation. Because God has set it up that we have power in this thing called the mouth. James talked about 
a rudder, that this tongue is like a rudder that will steer a great ship. Think about that. How many have ever taken the cruise? There's a rudder. You can't see it. Nobody goes around. I hope you don't go around showing your tongue to everyone. <laughs> we did as kids. <laughs> but it's hidden. You don't see it. But it's steering the direction of your life. can tell where you're going by what you're saying. Words have power. The enemy wants to turn our, our homes into um, a, a verbal war zone. He wants to, to come in to our homes and cause us to speak things that belittle each other, that criticize each other. And it not only damages the relationship in the marriage, it affects the kids. They pick up on it. And it does damage to them when they hear these words. They suffer and they're affected from it. So I want to look this morning at recognizing some destructive communication and see if this is in your home and do something about it if it is. Number one, this is destructive communication. Silence. People who use silence to punish, intimidate their spouse or family. The silent treatment. Anybody in here ever done the silent treatment? Oh, come on. Man, I'm in the wrong... Oh, come on. And it's not just a woman thing. We've all done it, guys. Us guys, you know, we're just, uh, we've had enough. And we're, we're gone. We do more than silent. We leave the scene. <laughs> we're gone. Enough of this. <laughs> the silent treatment is not the way to deal with things. It's the opposite of what God would want us to do. He wants us to communicate. He wants us to sit down and talk and work through things. Say work through things. At the first sign of conflict or tension, sit down and talk things out. Especially if there's, there's anger, that thing needs to be taken care of quickly because if you don't, it will grow. It will fester. And that thing will, will be there and it, it can explode. It can do great harm and great damage. Silence is non-relational, antisocial, it's a form of behavior that guarantees the prolonged problem. Guarantees. In fact, they even say when you don't deal with things, it amplifies the problem. It's, it's going to grow. Number two, verbal abuse, name-calling, cursing, verbal intimidation. This is the devil's language. And if there's verbal assault going on in your home, you need to sit down, your spouse, family, and stop it. You're doing great dam damage to your home, to your life, and to your children. Language that you're, you're stupid, you're an idiot, you'll never mount anything, I wish you were never born, does so much damage to a child and even an adult. And we need to make sure we don't do that. Verbal abuse between spouses who get in the fight, screaming and cursing, name-calling, belittling each other is very damaging to the marriage, but it's also very damaging to the children. And you need to stop. 
need to sit down and say, this stops now and deal with it. Parents are training their children in proper communication and conflict resolution. Another place of verbal abuse is, is the parent-child. And like I said, when a child willfully disobeys, you, you give correction. But before you give that correction, give that affirmation. Tell them how much you love them. But do give the correction. There's a lot of parents today who don't love their kids because they won't correct them. But the Bible says love corrects. Because when they leave your home, they're not going to have the same favor they do with you with their boss. They can't go up to their boss and say, I need a time out. They're going to say, you get a time out. Take as long as you want. Just don't come back here again. <laughs> You're fired. So we train them. We, we, we're teaching them at home. A parent who uses name-calling, shame, intimidation, cursing is a verbal bully that's damaging their child. This isn't my word. This is a, a doctor's word. He says verbal bullying. You're a bully if you are doing that to your child. And we, t we get on, you know, we don't want our child to, uh, to face that, but they're facing it at home and it's doing damage. Number three, manipulation. Words spoken to control another and get their way. Manipulation is the use of dishonesty or partial truth for that person's advantage to get their way. Manipulation is selfishness. It's a form of communication. It's not for the betterment of everyone, only self. So if you see these things going on, take stock now and take action. Even as you heard the word earlier, you know, we can sing about things, we can talk about things, but until you do something about it, until you put this into action, nothing's going to change. Your home is actually to be a place of peace from the world. Your home is to be a place of love, a place of encouragement, a place of peace, a place of open communication where you can be yourself and be loved. That's the way the home is to be. Because you've got enough to deal with out in the world. So some principles for healthy communication. Number one, a positive atmosphere. Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter the gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Now the secret to entering God's presence is what? He says it right here. Praise and thanksgiving. Or other words, I don't know if you've looked at it like this, but God opens his heart towards those that are positive towards him. And here it is, God has made us, created us in His image. Do you know what? Our heart opens to those who are positive. It closes to those who are negative. Our heart opens to those that are, are pra praises or thankful for us. And it closes to those who are critical of us. Well, our home should be a place where Everyone is, is praised and they're thankful for each other. It's not to be a place of being critical. It's not to be a, a, a place of sarcasm and, and belittling. And it's to be a place of 
peace, a place of joy that each can come to. This tells us that husbands need to root for their wives. The wives need to for their husbands. And the parents need to be rooting for their children. They need to be. We need to be on each other's side. And be encouraging, motivating each other. Enemy wants the home to be a dark, negative place where no one opens up. Satan wants to turn our mouths into swords that cut and wound and kill each other. Number two, an atmosphere of fun and humor. Humor means the ability to enjoy each other and be positive about life. I like humor. Or some people don't think my humor is very funny. But I do. <laughs> and there's always one comedian usually in the family. Enjoy them. Now, humor is not to be crude or, you know, at somebody's expense, but we're to enjoy each other. It's good to laugh. It's fun to laugh. <laughs> we need to be able to laugh. And that's when you can have some things you can do as a family, game night or, you know, things to do for fun. Enjoy each other. Laughter always is, is, is a good thing. And there's times not to laugh, of course. And the comedian might want to be laughing when it's not the time to laugh. And you have to stop it there, of course, and, and deal with things. I'm not saying you don't do that. Number four is conflict resolution. No matter how good your communication skills are, there will be times of conflict. And especially when we talked about in the marriage, when part of the definition of help me was a, a suitable helper, but it was also a helper against. And then we looked at one of the words for rib is to give advice. And this wisdom, this advice comes from the wife, but it can be opposite. And we talked about that, how it can be against what the husband is thinking. But God has given her as a gift for the man to get a different perspective. And if you can't come to agreement, there's a third party in the marriage, God the Father, and you go to prayer, and you get before Him. We communicate different. You know that men, a man's brain, there's, there's boxes, there's these compartments in a man's brain. And a man goes to the compartment that he's dealing with at the time. Now, he only goes to one box at a time. Don't bother me while I'm in this box. I'm doing this. And Ellen says, you need to think about, you need to do this over here. Don't bother me right now. I'm in this box. Not the time. Or she'll be talking to me. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm working in this box. Okay. Did you do this over here? Um, no, I was in this box. Did you say something? Now, here's the thing. A woman's brain doesn't have these boxes, compartments. It's all these wires. Zing. I mean, this thing is just like a, a bunch of connected wires in there. And this brain is going. Now, we talked about what, what's a man's brain do when it goes to sleep. It goes into very low mode 
It's more like survival mode, just maintaining. Zoom. What's a woman's brain do? That thing is going 24 hours. Her brain, when she's asleep, her brain is going. And it's connected. She never forgets anything because it's connected to, uh, to the house, to the car, to the neighbor, to the store. It's all connected and it's running. She never forgets. And it's going 24 hours. We're different, folks. And then there's the one box. The ladies don't like this box that men have. And this is true. There's a box, it's called the nothing box. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> the nothing box. Men like to go there too. That's the reason you can ask him at certain times, what are you thinking about? Um, nothing. Now, that doesn't compute with her because she cannot think about nothing. It's always going. So we go to the nothing box, and we're just fine there. And what's a woman? A woman don't like for a man to be doing nothing. We won't go there. <laughs> We're different, but we got to know the differences and appreciate those differences. Mm. Resolution, conflict, or, or fighting fair, some people call it. Number one, realize conflict is not bad. Conflict's not bad. We're getting out in the open a, a disagreement or a frustration or whatever. It needs to be brought out in the open. So it's not a bad thing. We need to understand that. Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. So blessed families have the ability to have healthy communication, but also to work through those disagreements, work through those things of, of frustration to resolve conflict. And it, it comes through speaking and talking. Dysfunctional families don't talk, and, but we're called to talk. Ephesians 4.27 says, don't give place to the enemy. When we don't deal with things, we're giving place to the enemy. Because it's still there. And we might think after a period of time it's forgotten, but something's going to bring that thing back up. So we've got to deal with it. Even if it's uncomfortable, deal with it. Number two, always begin with affirmation. When you're resolving something, you're meeting, always begin with that love, that commitment to each other. Uh, we've, we've talked about that. Number three, don't attack the person. Attack the issue. Now that's important. That we don't attack the person, we're attacking the issue. The goal when we disagree is not to figure out who was right or wrong, but to, to resolve the problem. And this takes humility, uh, it takes a willingness to listen and open up our hearts to see, uh, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. 
but we want to resolve this. That's what we're after. And, and, you know, pride doesn't want to resolve it. Pride wants to be right. Pride wants to win. And we got to put down pride and say, no, I want us on the same page. I want us together doing this. And one thing that I've, I've told couples uh, to do before is to wash each other's feet. If you can't resolve something, wash each other's feet. There's something very humbling uh, about that. That it's a spiritual power to it. Number four is stick to the subject. And this is something, uh, ladies, don't be a history buff. Because <laughs> you know it. So don't bring up the past. Uh, let's deal with what's before us. Number five, when we can't come to a place of resolution, take a time out. And it's okay to take a time out. And you might need to process it. You know, us men, we like to think, and we're logical thinkers to process. And, and we can take a time out. thing is, make sure you come back. <laughs> but take a time out and pray and seek God's counsel. A lot of times you can get the answer, or you can, you can see his perspective or her perspective. Or maybe something completely different. The Lord will minister to you an answer, but we need to deal with things and come to an answer. Don't allow disagreement or a timeout to cause you to withdraw from your spouse. Now, something that can easily happen, you're taking the timeout, you didn't get the same resolve, so now there's this wall. No, don't let there be a wall. And one of the things they, they tell us that Human touch is, is such a powerful thing and that a lot of times husbands and wives, when they're trying to resolve something, they will not touch. There's no physical touch at all. And that's not the way to resolve things. You've actually put up a wall and then that wall starts building and, and growing. Who's going to build this wall? Well, you are. Never mind where I came from. But this wall has to be brought down. And they said just through a husband and wife touching, I'm not talking about sexually, that would be fine, but usually when you have a disagreement, that's not going to fly. <laughs> but if you will just touch, say if you will just make contact and just touch, it keeps you connected. That's the power, just the human connection. It will keep you connected where you can resolve things. One pastor, um, uh, I had heard, he, he talked about uh, him and his wife, and it's probably a, a good rule. He called it the cheek-to-cheek -cheek rule. So when him and his wife have a, a disagreement or something they're, they're working on, they make sure they touch. And they, they either go cheek-to-cheek, face-to-face, or cheek to cheek, back to back. Okay, no said. Some of you are slow this morning, but that's okay. Daylight saving times, I kick in later, okay. But I think that's good. Just a touch, we're still for each other, we're still here together, and we're going to work this thing out. Number six, resolve the issue and pray. Come back together, resolve the issue, and pray. I think you always seal things in prayer. And something else you can do, too, if it, it's really a big thing, 
And, and usually, as you, the longer you get married, you don't have these big things because you're walking in, in such agreement. But you can take the Lord's Supper together, too. It's also a powerful thing. When I've had a counseling with, with couples or, or maybe uh, some members or, you know, people that were uh, sideways with each other, come in, and let's take communion. Let's remember the blood. Let's remember the price that was paid for us to walk in unity and strength. And that's a powerful thing you can do. But come back together and resolve the thing and make sure there's perfect understanding uh, on both sides. This is what we're going to do. We're in agreement. And then pray and, and seal the thing. Now, I talked about at the beginning of this that healthy communication begins when we understand the power of words we speak. But there is another step. And this, this step is to submit your mouth to the Lord. Submit your, your mouth to Him. To dedicate your mouth, your speech, to the honor and glory of God. And when you do that, when you submit that to Him, the Holy Spirit will come and give you power. And give you grace to strengthen you. And your mouth will change. Your language will change. And where there was no peace and there was just chaos, peace will come. So I want us to, to stop here. I want us to submit our mouths. So, uh, Pastor, my mouth belongs to the Lord. Well, do it for me. Let's submit our mouths to the Lord. Because I, I think that's always something we can work on. And that's, let's make a... I promise to have good communication, to open up our hearts and talk to people because we need it. We need to talk in our marriage. We need to talk to our family, friends. We need to have open communication. And when that bond is there, we know each other's heart. It can be received. So I want us to bow our heads for just a moment. And I want you just to lift your hands just there in your seat. And I just want you to make this before God. Say, Dear Lord, I give you my mouth. I give you my speech. I want to speak your words. I want to speak your language. And right now, I recognize the power of my words. And I submit my mouth, my words to you. I want to be a vessel, Lord, that can be used for your glory. That I'll be a blessing wherever I go. I'll bless my spouse. I'll bless my friends. I'll bless my children. I'll be a blessing wherever I go. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. And I will do it with your help. Holy Spirit, help me in this area. Strengthen me. In Jesus' name. No one looking around. If today you never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the greatest decision of your life is what will you do with Jesus Christ? He died for you. He died for your imperfections. He died for shame and guilt. He died for every sin, every misdeed, every wrong fall. He died for you. He paid the price for your sin. And the way that you receive Him is acknowledging Him as paying that price. And 
making a vow, making from your heart, using your mouth, and speaking that He is Lord of your life. Following Him with everything that is in you. Making His Word the final answer to your life. Whatever it is, His Word is the answer and is the solution. That's you today. I want you to lift your hand. No one looking around. I need Jesus today. Yes, see the hand. Anyone else? I need Jesus today. Over here, yes. Maybe you prayed this before, but you recognize today you need to make a change. You need to get back with Him. Back close to Him. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand also. He loves you. Yes, see that. Anyone else? His Spirit is here to minister to you. Father, for all these that lifted their hands, Father, we believe that you've heard their heart, that you hear the cry on the inside of them. Let's all say this together. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you died for me, Lord. You died for my sins. You paid the price. And now I call you Lord. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to live for you. Holy Spirit, help me. Strengthen me to do what I'm saying right now. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.